Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine, Be in the Know, and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today. Our special guests are Kathleen Pasadomo. She is the, our se- state senator as well as president of the Florida State Senate. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen, and my wife Linda will be joining us as well. It is December the 27th, and on this day in 1900, prohibitionist Kerry Nation smashed up the bar at the Kerry Hotel in Wichita, Kansas, causing several thousand dollars in damage and landing in jail. Nation, who was released shortly after the incident, became famous for carrying a hatchet and wrecking saloons as part of her anti-alcohol crusade. Carrie Amelia Moore was born in Kentucky in 1846. As a young woman, she married Charles Goyd, uh, whose hard drinking soon killed him and left Nation alone to support their children. The experience instilled in Nation a lifelong distaste for alcohol. She later married David Nation, who worked as a preacher and a lawyer, and they eventually settled in Kansas. There she was involved with the Women's Christian Temperance Union. The WCTU was founded in 1874 by women concerned about the problems alcohol were causing in families and society. At the time, women lacked many of the same rights as men, and their lives could be ruined if their husbands drank too much. In addition to alcohol prohibition, over the years, the WCTU lobbied for a long list of social reforms, including women's suffrage and the fight against tobacco and other drugs. In 1880, Kansas became the first state to adopt a constitutional provision banning the manufacture and sale of alcohol. However, prohibition enforced unevenly and was with many saloon owners ignoring the ban completely. Nation came to believe she had to abandon the nonviolent methods of the WCTU in order to make an impact. After the incident at the Cary Hotel, her fame increased as she continued her saloon-smashing campaign in other locations and traveled extensively to speak out in favor of temperance. She sold souvenir hatchets to help fund her activities and used the name Cary A. Nation. Some people viewed her as a crusader, while others saw her as a crank. Uh, Nation uh, died in 1911, never living to see the nationwide prohibition in America, which established the 18th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and went on in effect on January the 16th, 1920. Prohibition considered a failure was repealed on December the 5th, 1933, and by the 21st Amendment. Just my opinion. People need to be in control of their bodies, and if they're living responsibly, they'll take a look at all aspects of how they live, including the consumption of alcohol. Uh, It was a good thing to repeal prohibition, and I think we should uh, get rid of the war on drugs and uh, allow people to make decisions in their lives. If they need help, we should uh, make sure that help is available, some sort of an intervention. But uh, again, certainly understand her cause, Let's get the alcohol out of the lives of people that were wreaking havoc in terms of family life, but uh, this was not the way to solve it. A federal judge will not drop criminal charges against Andrew Gillum, the former Democrat Democrat, uh, gubernatorial candidate in 2018, who claimed that he was the victim of selective prosecution because he was a black candidate for governor. I'm not kidding. He really thinks that. 
Gillum was previously indicted by a U.S. governmental agent, uh, grand jury uh, on 21 counts of conspiracy, wire fraud, and making false statements. The Department of Justice says that Gillum's conspired to commit wire fraud using fraudulently provided money disguised as payroll payments for his personal use. 19 of the 21 fraud counts, uh, counts were wire fraud. U.S. District uh, Judge Alan Windsor dismissed four motions from the defendant challenging the continuation of the prosecution. Gillum claimed he was being prosecuted because of his race and politics. However, the judge said Gillum had offered nothing to support the claim of selective prosecution because of his race or politics. Even if he offered evidence of discriminatory effect, he would still have to show discriminatory purpose, Windsor said. He would have to cite evidence showing that the government's decision to prosecute him was because of a protected characteristic, but he offers no evidence suggesting race or political affiliation-based prosecution. Just an aside here, can you imagine this guy being our governor? Gillum's attorney said the prosecutors uh, waited a long time to charge Gillum. Instead of charging Gillum then, the government sat on this for nearly five years. The delay was necessarily deliberate and tactical or reflective of a lack of genuine belief the false statement was made, his attorney said. Faded memory is possibility inherent in any delay. It does not constitute actual prejudice sufficient to bar prosecution, Windsor said. Second, even if he showed prejudice, Mr. Gillum had made no showing that the government delayed to gain tactical advantage. He offers no reason to conclude that this was the purpose. He simply says it was. During the 2018 election, DeSantis went on after Gillum for corruption accusations and Rubin investigations. In 2018, DeSantis blasted Gillum for being under investigation for corruption. Of course he is, and of course he has violated Florida law by accepting those gifts. Not just that, but the luxury vacation to Costa Rica. He turned around and gave the lobbyists $2 million in city money to burn to build a restaurant, and that's what local corruption is, looks like. Gillum lost to Governor by only 30,000 votes, or 0.4% of the vote. Uh, DeSantis, of course, has gone on to be a brilliant governor. He's done a terrific job. Can you imagine if this race-baiting Gillum had become our governor? We're very fortunate. We should count our blessings. Well, holiday uh, sales rose this year as American spending remains resilient during the critical shopping season, despite surging prices on everything from food to rent. Holiday sales rose 7.6%, a slower pace than the 8.5% increase from a year earlier where shoppers began spending the money they had. Some of the increase reflected the impact of higher prices across the board. Consumer spending accounts for nearly 70% of U.S. economic activity, and Americans remained resilient ever since uh, inflation first spiked about 18 months ago. Cracks have begun to show, however, as higher prices for basic necessities take up an increasingly large share of everyone's take-home pay. Inflation has retreated for the four-decade high to its, its reach this summer, but it's still sapping the spending power of consumers. <clears throat> prices rose 7.1% in November from a year ago, down from a peak of 9.1% in June. That's good news. Overall, spending has slowed from the pandemic-infused splurges and shifted increasingly towards necessities like food, while spending on electronics, furniture, new clothes, and other non-necessities has faded. Many shoppers have traded down to private label goods, which are typically less expensive than the national brands. They've also been going to cheaper stores like Dollar Chains and big-box stores like Walmart. Consumers also waited for deals. 
Stores expected more procrastinators to hit the stores in the last few days before Christmas compared to a year ago when people began shopping earlier due to global disruption of the supply chain. So spending uh, was up this season. It should uh, help the markets, uh, but it was didn't keep up with inflation. And people are spending more on necessities and a smaller percentage on uh, luxuries. Well, Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, during an appearance on the All In podcast on Saturday, said that all of the conspiracy theories about his new company are turning out to be true. To be totally frank, Musk said, almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be absolutely true. Is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Musk asked, so far, they've all turned out to be true, and if not more true than the people thought, he said. When asked during his appearance if there's any part of the files that really shocked you, uh, Musk replied, the FBI stuff is pretty intense. Musk comments followed after the drop of the dubbed Twitter files, which were first released in a thread by journalist Matt Taibbi on December the 2nd. The overall theme of the files included revelatory reports on of government collusion attempts to control narratives and suppress speech. So far, eight parts of the files have been dropped, the most recent of which reported by journalist Lee Fang revealed how Twitter quietly aided the Pentagon's covert uh, online PSYOP campaign. Chilling stuff, actually, when you think about it. Well, Twitter's uh, CEO Elon Musk on Tuesday pledged to absolutely not accept to censor stories after revelations to the so-called Twitter files showed that the social media company had received more than $3.4 million from the FBI. Can you believe that? quid pro quo. They gave information. They cooperated with the FBI and received $3.4 million for doing so. Government paid Twitter millions of dollars to censor info from the public, Musk tweeted in a post directing users to use Twitter thread from reporter Michael Schellenberger, who, by the way, great interview yesterday with Tucker Carlson. We watched it on Tucker Carlson today. Mike Schellenberger is a very interesting guy. I encourage you to take a look at him. Anyhow, Schellenberger released the seventh edition of the Twitter files. On Monday, Schellenberger posted an image of the February 21, 2021 email to Twitter's then special counsel, Jim Baker, who previously served as the FBI general counsel. The sender, whose name is Block, tells Baker, I am happy to report that we collected $3,415,323 since October 2019. The money came as a reimbursement for the time spent processing requests from the FBI, the sender said. Other Twitter files showed that the FBI has extensively collaborated with a social media agency to suppress stories. One Twitter used... Uh, user asked Musk on Tuesday whether he was willing to make a pledge that Twitter will never accept payment for anyone, government or otherwise, to censor or suppress information. Musk responded with one word, absolutely, which is good news. Well, a massive uh, labor shortage continues to hamstring the economy with millions of empty jobs than uh, unemployed job seekers. All the while, millions of people remain on the sidelines with the labor force participation rate significantly below the pre-pandemic norm. Why are so many potential workers sitting idle while jobs still need to be filled? Well, the astounding, bloated nature of America's welfare state offers one explanation, according to a new study. Conservative economist Stephen Moore 
uh, and others of the uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity analyzed what a typical four-person family with non-working adults could receive in welfare payments, including both unemployment and health care subsidies across 50 states. They found in three states, Washington, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, this typical family can earn the equivalent of more than $100,000 annually without working, thanks to various government programs. Meanwhile, in 14 states, the benefits are equivalent to $80,000 annual salary or more. In these states, welfare payments uh, better than the typical job of a secondary school teacher or electrician, according to the study. In 24 states, languishing on welfare pays better than the typical salary earned by a firefighter, truck driver, or machinist. Does that sound like a system incentivizing the right things? There are undoubtedly multiple factors driving the labor shortage, but this simply has to be one of them. The most basic lesson of the economics is that people respond to incentives, and when pathways exist to receive above-average incomes without working, many people will choose that over toiling and working hard to earn less. The inevitable result of lower employment, slower economic growth, and a dearth of dignity among those who have incentivized out of work you don't have to take my word for it. A key policy question these days has been befuddled federal lawmakers is why so many Americans have not returned to workplace in post-COVID era. Well, this study uh, demonstrates the reason why that's happened. The takeaway is clear. If we want our economy to recover fully from the COVID-19 pandemic and get roaring again, we have to reform our social spending programs so we can once again incentivize work, not welfare. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our Florida State Senate President and our uh, representative state senator here on the Paradise Coast. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting uh, Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, and you can get tickets now by visiting the website gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with our state Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I thought it might be interesting to take a look back on uh, 2022 as we move into the new year. And uh, just from your perspective as our state Senate president, uh, how was the year in terms of legislation and uh, policy making? Well, you know, I think we had a, a, a pretty, a really good year. We passed a lot of measures, of course. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, parental rights was part of our last initiative. We had a, a lot of things that you know people were asking us for. Uh, we didn't come get across the finish line until after the election on on the insurance issue, but we did in a, in the uh, special session. Um, and so I, I think, you know, this year we're going to, the speaker and I have a lot on our plate, a lot on our agenda, and I think you're going to see two years of a lot of activity. Absolutely. And uh, just acknowledge you for what you've accomplished. I mean, this this is a big and complicated if, issue with the insurance. Uh, first of all, getting more companies participating and getting more competition in Florida. Do you think we really uh, perhaps made a movement towards uh, reducing the amount of litigation with regard to property insurance? Um, I think so. You know, time will tell. Uh, you know, the trial lawyers uh, do get creative uh, in, in their you know, ways of, of ginning up uh, lawsuits. And, you know, and it's unfortunate that it's only a few. I, I think when we looked at it, it's probably about uh, 10, or, 10 or 12 law firms that are doing most of it. No but kidding. this will rein them in. Um, and uh, but for me, the point is we we took these very uh, serious measures, and it, it, I do not want to see the insurance industry just keep uh, keep raising rates. You know they have to give us some faith too, and and so I'm going to start meeting with them right after we get back to Tallahassee to say, look, we did this, and we did it. We took a leap of faith. We believed you that it was the lawsuits that were causing the rates to go up. So now you just have to start bringing them down, give us uh, some faith in grace too. 
We'll see. Yeah, I'm typi- not going to be easy on them. Yeah, well, that's good. But <laughs> typically, uh, rates are made. Uh, uh, you're taking a look back on history. So, uh, y- what you're asking them to do something in, uh, in faith is to look forward uh, based right. on this new legislation and reduce exactly. rates right now, which would be wonderful for the consumers. Exactly, and uh, you know the the uh, the big companies that are that are um, that are not. Uh, state-based you know we've had a lot of the smaller state-based companies go under because they just didn't capitalize enough but the big companies the the names you recognize that are advertising on tv you know nationally they can do this and they should do this um they're making a ton of money on uh, auto policies tons of it so they can they should i believe um be offering property insurance based upon the legislation we passed. That is so interesting. Actually, uh, one of my friends opined that uh, uh, car uh, car insurers uh, re- uh, kind of just turned over and, and paid off uh, car owners who lost their cars for storm surge. And we lost two cars because of the storm surge. And he, he uh, opined that it was probably because the insurance companies litigate so much here in the state of Florida. Well, you know, there's not as much auto insurance fraud as there has been with property insurance. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the bill that we pass is going to go a long way to rein in the fraud. You know, the, the uh, assignment of benefits issue, the free roof issue, the, you know, the, the companies that go out there and, and say, look, uh, if you had, a hur- you had hurricane damage from Irma even, we'll get you a free roof. And, you know, they've lost two shingles, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and that's been going on for years. And uh, we, we've taken away their ability to do that. Uh, we've also taken away the one-way attorney fees for property insurance, which um, is going to also go a long way because the, the, uh, you, you hear about claims where somebody has a claim for like two or $3,000, but the attorney's fees are fifty or 60000 It makes no sense. So we- we're going to... That's gone. <laughs> Wonderful. Just just taking a look at 2023, I know that one of the important issues is uh, affordable housing. And, boy, that's just been exacerbated by right. uh, oh, Ian. Yeah. And uh, just wondering how that legislation is coming. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we've, we've got our bill drafted. Um, I've got a bill sponsor in the Senate who's going to file it uh, probably, you know, mid-January. It's it's a robust bill. It's got, it's got a lot in it. It, it uh, there's a lot of um, incentives for local governments to participate for uh, affordable housing developers to participate. Uh, we hold uh, intact the Sadowski trust funds to continue on their programs, putting more money in for. Um, uh, tax re, uh, re, rebates for affordable housing units and things like that. It's it's uh, it's really a big bill. It's very ambitious, but I think it, it's going to go a long way to uh, jumpstart a, a programs around the state for workforce housing. We create a whole new middle. It's like the missing middle, we're calling it. People that um, are making more than the poverty level rate for the um, HUD-type housing and whatever, but not enough to live on. You know, somebody making fifty or $60,000 a year can't, can't qualify for some of those uh, programs that are, are currently in existence, but they can't afford to live. And it's mainly rentals because, you know, people have got to realize that you cannot afford, nobody can afford to buy a house anymore in Miami-Dade 
you make sixty thousand dollars, you got to buy a house for six hundred. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, so we're we're talking about affordable rentals, really, so people can you know jumpstart their lives and get get you know have a decent place to live in a safe community. Um, ensure that it's not a home ownership concept, but it's just not feasible in our in our market these days. So, uh, what are you incenting builders to uh, create uh, reasonably priced rentals? Yeah, let me give you an example. Say you have a, a project that has uh, 200 apartments, and uh, 80 of them are market rate, and 20 of them are at a lower uh, reduced rate. What we're saying to the developers are we're going to give you an ad valorem tax break for those affordable units because you're, you're to help you offset the loss of the income uh, that you would otherwise have, hmm. things like that. We're also encouraging local governments uh, to give density bonuses to um, allow uh, rentals in commercial areas like along uh, uh, transportation corridors like U.S. Uh, US 41 or US 1. I mean, there's um, strip centers that could be converted into uh, housing um, that are, you know, one block behind them are houses. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like we're saying let's go into an industrial complex where you've got factories belching, whatever. Right. We're talking about areas that um, have had commercial that is now empty because uh, the um, everybody's ordering from Amazon and then nobody's going to the small stores anymore. Yeah. So there's a lot of creativity that we're putting into the bill. That sounds very exciting. Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state Senate president, I just genuinely appreciate your uh, coming on the show and informing us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. Have a great day. You as well, and Happy New Year to you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University.
back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Boo Mortensen, former radio host in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Just great to have her down on the Paradise Coast here. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And I can't help but notice that 2022 seems to be the year of the narcissist. (laughs) And there are so many of them, and they certainly had their moment in the sun for last year. And I'll give you an example. Elon Musk, okay, he's number one. He puts an ad on Twitter and says, wanted CEO officer of a failing tech company who will have no control over that company's product or distribution. Ours, all. No free lunch, must be willing to suffer public ridicule and disdain from the company's owner. Now, isn't that a good... Doesn't that make you want to jump in and, and apply for that job? Yeah, but that's just typical. I've, I've, I've become very fond of Elon Musk, and I, I must say, <laughs> oh, AOC sent him a text saying, what you're doing is just horrible. You should put your phone down and quit doing what you do. And, and he wrote back two words, you first. <laughs> He's good. He's sharp. He has a sense of humor. I just really uh, appreciate uh, Elon Musk. So now, just taking. But, you a st- know, but think about everybody else. Elon is one. Okay, yeah. he is a narcissist. Okay, there's no doubt about that. Whether or not that's good or not. Uh, how about uh, Elizabeth Holmes? You know, she's going to go to prison now after everything that she did. She had her her uh, uh, trial and is going to prison. Kanye West. Yeah. He certainly had a major meltdown. How about Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex? Yeah. Who paraded their neediness and narcissism in a uh, six hour, $100 million Netflix documentary. Yeah. I mean, you just can't get enough of them. And Donald Trump. Yeah. You got to throw him in Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. All these people bubbled to the top. So, uh, yeah, how about Adam Schiff, too? I mean, like, <laughs> what's, the ones that fascinate me are not only ones that want to draw attention to themselves, but constantly lie and, and to give us misinformation. How about uh, uh, Anthony Fauci? Oh, yes. Well, yes, that goes without saying. That's another one you can throw in. Well, he, you know, basically he says, you look, I am science. <laughs> I'm yeah. not kidding. He really said that, Boo. I know it. Well, then again, narcissism. So the question: this is, these are the two questions that beg to be asked. Why are we drawn to people who love themselves like this? Why? Why are we captivated by them? Second question is: Does ego have its limits? Well, uh, my first knee-jerk reaction, I haven't given this a lot of thought, Boo, I have to admit, but one knee-jerk reaction is the press right now uh, is motivated by clicks. You know, so they like to uh, publish stuff that they get them clicks and get attention on, on the uh, Internet. So uh, when they're publicizing something like this, you notice that some, 
some really crackpot stuff shows up on the internet and people want to you know they're curious well what's this all about as opposed to what is real news which sometimes can be pretty boring you know uh so, so one reason i think is the just fact that we're not focused on the news we're focusing on stuff that just you know we're the narcissists we're just wanting to consume stuff that uh, that these people do well or do you think that sometimes we're just all drawn by outrageous behavior it's true, absolutely. You know, uh, what is it? The uh, I forgot, uh, blood uh, cells or, or something like that. So, point being is that we want to take a look. We want to see the hanging, even though we don't want to see it <laughs> in the public right. square. It's absolutely true. Well, I know it's like you can't stop from watching a train wreck or a, a car accident, and that's certainly Kanye West. I mean, here he had it all for a. Sh- fairly long period of time. I think he's probably some sort of a talented guy. But did he shoot himself in the foot? Why would you do that? Yeah. Well, you see that happening now a lot uh, with people who are taking outrageous positions on social issues and, uh, quite frankly, on the wrong side of the ledger when it comes to uh, you know what's, what's right and what's uh, good for, for humanity and so forth. Kanye West and his comments about the the Jews is just unbelievable. And then we see NBA players who are doing the same thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems to me that a lot of the NBA players are just spoiled brats. Yeah. They're using the forum to just press their own agenda. Well, it seems like a lot of these people are, but it's just, it's, but it, they get traction. They get traction in the media. They get traction on social media. Yep. Uh, it's, wow, it's, it's, I don't think any of this is good. I don't think any of this is healthy. I agree with you. But just take but are we st- being old-fashioned? I don't think so. I mean, if, uh, when, you ha- when you define a narcissist, I, I think uh, I would define a narcissist as somebody who is totally self-consumed, who everything comes back to them as opposed to being a part of something bigger than themselves. So if that's the case, I mean, there's a lot of that going on right now. It's a, it's an unhealthy society in that regard. No, I have to tell you one. Let me, I'll just veer off for a minute. Do you see all the busloads of immigrants that were sent to Kamala's Kamala's house? Yes, I did. Three busloads <laughs> to the vice president's house. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's pretty darn good. I mean, because she's in charge of the border. Yeah. And so... Uh, She's getting, she's showing, they showed her how successful her policies are. Well, one thing I'll say this, is those people, they went from cold to frigid. I mean, so yeah. uh, it's, that's a shame, uh, um, but that's the downside of it. The, the good side of it is that it brings attention to the entire nation about what's really going on at the border. And the more that happens, the better it is, because right now we have, what, what is it, something like four or five million people that have crossed the border in the last two years. Oh, yes. And, you know, Florida is one of the top states. Florida and obviously Texas are one of the top states where a lot of these immigrants are streaming into. Yeah, unacceptable. It really is, Boo. Well, the whole notion of narcissists, that's such an interesting conversation. I'm going to give that some thought, Boo. Just a reminder. Well, and again, does ego, does it have its limits? I mean, do you, you, do you end up, uh, because you're so ego-driven, do you you ultimately end up succeeding, or do you ultimately end up failing? Like this list that I gave you, 
um, that Sam Brinkman, he'll probably go to prison. Yeah. Elizabeth Holmes, she's going to prison. Uh, probably not Elon or, or Meghan Markle or anything, but there's now the public opinion is sort of changing. We're not as interested or fascinated with them. We've become disinterested in them. That's such an interesting point. I'll say this, Boo, in uh, Calvinist theology, there is a saying that uh, pride precedeth the fall. And if, mm. if nothing else, uh, uh, narcissistic folks are prideful. Oh, yes. That's what they're driven by. So it perhaps precedeth the fall. Boo, I always appreciate your comments here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All Have right. a good day. Stay All right. warm. And, and Happy New Year, Boo. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden, columnist. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting choicesocial.us, the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Linda Harden, my wife, also a terrific writer and columnist, and uh, so well-informed. And talker. And talker. You're a good talker, too. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. I'm tired of it being cold. Well, I certainly understand that. It's uh, What is it, about 50 degrees to this morning? No, it's a big warm-up. It's 52. So it's 11 degrees warmer than it was yesterday morning at my, this time. My goodness. I'm supposed to get up to 70 today, and I'm I need the sun to come out. You know, we're going through this uh, 
Twitter revelation, these releases that are occurring. I think we're up to number eight now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's it's so interesting how this is being done. Unfortunately, you, it's hard to get your arms around the entire thing that's going on right now because it, it's going in short releases. But one of the things that's so startling about this is the cooperation and suppression of information about things like COVID. And uh, Elon Musk says everything that you heard that uh, was being suppressed, it was actually true. You know what I'm loving to do now is because of all this stuff coming out is I'm, I'm posting all this stuff that the social media has tried to censor and um, or has successfully censored. And I'm, pu- I'm putting it all on Facebook just to see what they'll do, just to see if they'll, they'll um, censor anything that Le- Elon Musk says. Because Facebook and Google and all these, all these social media sites are so implicated up to their eyeballs in all of this. And it, they, they just don't know what to do anymore. I mean, they, they're, they're censoring, and then Elon Musk, and you said what's coming, is, by the way, we're up to number nine on the Twitter mm. releases. But can you imagine if you released it all at once? Holy, holy cow! It would—it's—it's it's like a fire hose of information coming out. Good point. That's the other side of it, isn't it? But uh, Tucker Carlson the other night um, made a revelation. He said, "Well, you know, the yeah, CIA was uh, complicit in the murder of JFK." What this is startling information. I've—I've I've done follow-up stories on it. I've looked into it, and you know what? There's real. Uh, uh, information that supports that notion. Well, yeah, and and um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, said that Tucker Carlson was the bravest uh, um, television host or whatever you call it on TV because he was brave enough to say it. Yeah, and and, and he says we've I've known all along that the CIA was behind it. There's there is so much that's coming out, and I I don't know how they're going to handle it. Um, I think I sent you the little video. I've told a, a, a lot of people about the speech that George H.W. Bush made, yeah. where he said, um, uh, we're looking... By the way, who who used to be the head of the CIA uh, and said, uh, we are looking... I'm paraphrasing. We're looking forward to a new world order. And if we're successful, and we will be, it, it and it implicated or it, it, it directed that the UN is going to be in charge of the new world order... Scares the crap out of you of what they're trying to do, and and they never expected us to know about it. Yeah, well, uh, what's interesting now is we're very upset about the fact that we're seeing uh, the FBI being uh, politicized, CIA politicized. But this is going on for years. How many years has it been since JFK was murdered? And now the whole notion that the CIA was behind it, not just a Jack Ruby and others. Well, I was eleven. And yeah. I'm old now, so it was a long time ago. <laughs> You're not old. But, uh, but the point being, this is uh, it's uh, it, what we need to do is somehow, some way, get rid of the deep state. And this includes the people that want to be globalists, that like, well, that like uh, G- George H.W. Bush, who wanted a new world order. He was the former president of the United States and former CIA director. And uh, this is going to be now. How long has that been since he made that speech? 50 years? Well, it was since he was—I don't, I don't remember the exact date, but keep in mind, too, that um, just to remind you what I told you, I think, last week, was that uh, Roger Stone uh, did an interview with Jack Posobiec, and, and Roger Stone used to work for Nixon, mm-hmm. and, and Steve Bannon has been saying that the CIA now has, has gotten rid of three presidents. One is JFK, the second was Richard Nixon, 
and the third they they helped to remove Donald Trump from office. So so Roger Stone asked uh, uh, Richard Nixon who who he thought uh, killed John F. Kennedy. He says and and he said that Nixon shuddered and said, "Well." Lyndon and I both wanted to be president, but I wasn't willing to kill for it. That that just yeah, and uh, well, also in the articles that I read by what was his name? He was an interesting guy. Point being is that uh, he he said that not only did was JFK uh, knocked off by the CIA, but also RFK as well. Well, I mean, Katie barred the door for all the information that's coming out. And by the way, we would we would never have known any of this if Donald Trump had not been elected president of the United States. Because as much people people are saying, oh, Donald Trump this and Donald Trump that, nobody has done as much damage to these United States of America as, as the um, deep state has, including the FBI and the CIA. The FBI had, had people um, working for Twitter to look out for things to censor. How scary is that? Well, we also got, uh, what, seven former... Uh, uh, directors of the CIA who are on the board of a company who are uh, hired to suppress information in the United States. Just unbelievable. So this is, I want to just let our listeners know uh, Llewellyn H. Rockwell Jr. is former editorial assistant to Louvid von Mises and congressional chief of staff to Ron Paul as the founding chairman of the Mises Institute. This is the guy that wrote this column. It's several thousand words. It's a, it's a long column. It is so revealing about what the CIA and the FBI have been up to, not just for the last couple of years, but for 50 years. Is he still alive? Okay. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Just checking. Yes, he is. And he, this is the source, by the way, that... Uh, that Tucker Carlson was referred to in his interview when he revealed on his show that RFK was was it was a plot by the FBI uh, to our CIA to kill uh, President uh, Kennedy. Look at all these look at all these intelligence officers who signed off on misinformation about Donald Trump. They lied. Yeah, they, they're treason. They committed treason. Yeah, all of them did. And and it it's just so it's just so uh, disturbing that. These people will do anything in order to forward this new world, get forward this new world order. It's very scary. Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, we've got the business of taking a look at the Hunter Biden laptop and all the, the other things that go on. Uh, Fauci, uh, he should be investigated for sure. By the way, I'm going to bring this up now before I forget about it. But remember, I told you, I, I've been telling you this over the weeks when we've watched all these things going on in Washington about who the, trying to figure out who the good guys are. And, and day by day, the list that I have of the good guys is getting smaller yeah. and smaller. And, and it was, uh, remember I told you about whoever I uh, quote was that said, uh, when all is revealed, 98% of Washington. Yeah, I do. You know who said that? Julian Assange. Julian Assange. Linda, we're going to take a little break and you stick around? Yep. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We continue the conversation with Linda Harden, my wife, also terrific writer, columnist, and uh, very well informed about what's happening around the nation. You know, we had this conversation about some of the things that are going on with that, the corruption in the government right now, the deep state. We talked about Anthony Fauci, the murders of uh, RFK and JFK. Just looking forward, what would be your wish list for the things that could be addressed in 2023? Well, uh, somebody somebody needs to clean out Washington, D.C. I mean, somebody needs to clean out Washington, D.C., and I, I want to know who, because who's going to... The, the Department of Justice and, and the FBI and, and the CIA are all compromised. Who's going to arrest these people? Right. That would be my question. Well, even if the, even if the uh, hearings in the House uh, reveal information, they send on referrals to the Department of Justice, what's going to happen to those? They'll just sit and gather dust because they're not going to take action against the president. Well, and even if somebody came up and said, oh, we're going we're gonna to get them up on Capitol Hill and ask them questions, guess what they're going to do? Plead the fifth. Yeah, they're not gonna. It's it's. I'm done. I am done with investigations. I'm done with subpoenas that are never addressed. By the way, it's it's. We're in a two-tiered justice system in this country now, sure. where the right where the right gets punished. Those poor people from January six still rotting in jail are rotting in jail, and nobody in Congress except a handful: Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And um, Louis Gohmert and uh, Paul Gosar, a handful go and even pay attention to these people. It is criminal by every stretch of the imagination. Let me just mention what I mentioned off air was 
was when Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, was um, being questioned by this, and I don't know who he's from, I don't where he's from. It he's from some southern state because he has a um, he looks like Wyatt Earp, but he has this real southern accent. And he was grilling Christopher Ray about January sixth and whether the I F- think he's from Louisiana. Is he? From I Louisiana? think so. Yeah. Okay. So so um, so he was questioning Christopher Ray about about January sixth and whether any of the FBI uh, personnel were were told to be in that crowd of people to um, induce activity and whatever. And Christopher Ray would not answer him. He just says, well, I, you can't question blah, blah, blah. And this guy said, this this uh, congressman said, Director Ray, all you would have had to say is no. Right. And he never well, did. He, they, obviously, there's tons of folks involved in that, in, in, in the kidnapping of the governor in Michigan. If you just take a look at what's going on, I mean, they're orchestrating and, and creating these situations that uh, they, I, I look forward to the hearing, even though it probably will come to nothing, but the hearing for what really happened on January 6th. Well, they're going to throw everything at the wall in order to distract from anything that's going on. By the way, getting back to Elon Musk for just a second, he said with this COVID um, censorship of COVID information, and it's interesting that he has different people reveal what's in Twitter. He doesn't do it personally. He just has, like Michael, Michael Schellenberger, the guy that we watched on, on Tucker Carlson today, who's, yeah. who's a fascinating very, guy. He's a very bright guy. Very bright guy. But, um, and Mike, uh, uh, Matt Taibbi, um, they're all independent people. They're not right-wing, left-wing, whatever. But he said, um, throwing a bone to all of us who can't wait for the next drop, is that Next, this this was only the tip of the iceberg this mm-hmm. week about COVID and how they censored, and and next week it's so much more is coming. Well, let's see. I wonder how many people are running around with their hair on fire right now, thinking, "Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? What are we going to do?" Because this this stuff is coming out, and people are sharing it, and and letting people know what's going on. It's very very. Um, it's got to be very, very scary for the people who are yeah. who directed all this. Uh, I, I must say, I, I, I feel like I'm naive because I did not realize the impact that Twitter, Facebook, uh, these other organizations, uh, social media could have on the uh, electorate. And it, it's been major, quite frankly. They've uh, suppressed so many stories, Hunter Biden, you, so many things that have been suppressed as a consequence. And, that, and that, the consequence of that is that most people just don't, aren't concerned about these and oh, things. And oh, and oh, by the way, the media is, is up to their eyeballs in this, too. And it was really interesting because I was reading on social media last night um, <clears throat> this one guy that, that, like I say, when I think they're good guys and then they fall off the they fall off the ladder. But this one guy who substitutes for Laura Ingram on, on uh, her show on, on Fox, um, I can't think of his name right now, but he's from New Orleans. Oh, Raymond Arroyo. And he's substituting for her this week. And guess what he says? Oh, Congress can't, you know, they should just leave Hunter Biden alone. They, they shouldn't, they need yeah. to, to get, get a, that'll get them away from their legislative agenda. And guess what also came out recently over the last 10 days was that Sean Hannity was trying to get Trump off of, he wanted him to pardon Hunter Biden. And he, there's a tweet where he's talking to Kayleigh McEnany, uh, uh, Trump's press secretary, saying Trump's got to stop talking about 2020. He's got to stop talking about 2020. We need to move forward. We, we need to stop talking about January 6th. 
Oh my goodness. Well, see, here, here's the problem. Obviously, we we're, uh, need to live by the rule of law, and if there aren't consequences for lying and cheating, then we're just going to continue with that behavior. We need to hold people accountable, and so I, I would recommend that we not stop, stop talking about it. We need to continue to talk about and elevate the conversation because we need to eliminate this type of behavior from society. Well, and so, and so Sean Hannity is, is seen on, on Twitter and, and whatever, focusing, oh, we've got to look forward to 2024. Well, I've told you this, and I've, I've said this in public with our friends. When they say, oh, is DeSantis going to run? I'm sorry, but... If we don't stop these people stealing the elections, mm-hmm. we will never win anything. Well, take a look at what happened to Carrie Lake and this trial. I mean, she obviously was exonerated. She was, uh, I think, won in terms of the proof uh, that the election was stolen and it was uh, purpose, purposeful behavior. I think she proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I understand that the... the uh, the uh, judge is getting threatened. He has death threats to him and his family. I understand what's going on. By with the that. cartels. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear it's that. But by the cartels, because guess what? Carrie Lake was going to shut down the border to clear a, uh, a declaration of invasion. And the cartels don't want that. So, so they're going after these judges. Here's the kicker. I don't know if you read this, but Katie, Katie Hobbs, the illegitimate candidate. Um, She'd now been declared governor of uh, Arizona. She's trying to sanction Katie or uh, Carrie Lake yeah. for a half a million dollars. Yeah, I saw that. She's going to, uh, and by the way, Carrie Lake is appealing the decision by the judge. She's taking it all the way up to the Supreme Court. I hope she will. She's, she has a very tight case and a very good lawyer. But you know what? If I were Katie Hobbs, and thank the Lord I'm not, but can you imagine? She, so, so this judge ruled in her favor. Wouldn't you, if you had a brain in your head, just say, okay, this guy was on my side. I'm going to stop it. Instead, she wants to go after. Well, the Carrie reason Lake. she's doing that is because she's trying to create financial pain for well, I know that. Carrie Lake. So Carrie Lake will stop doing what she's doing. I know that. It's she, not going to work. I, but she's looking. She's looking very guilty. Yeah. Very guilty for what she's done. Well, of course, her her uh, legal fees are being financed by Mister uh, My Pillow. So uh, she she has the resources in order to win this thing. It's well, you know what? If I were Carrie Lake and I saw that Katie Hobbs was trying to sanction me, I would be so angry. Yeah, I would just be all right. I'm bitch, sure I'm <laughs> taking this to you. <laughs> I, I'm sure she is quite angry. Linda, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. It's been a wonderful Christmas. Looking forward to a great new year. We've certainly got our challenges in terms as a country, but. Uh, I continue. I'm glad we live in Florida. Um, yeah, I'm so glad we live in Florida. By the way, uh, the rule of law does prevail in Florida, but uh, our governor doesn't have a sense of humor about breaking the law. I know. I said we're blessed to be here. We are indeed. Well, thank you so much, Lyndon. I, that was a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got a great guest for tomorrow's show, including uh, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and uh, also Bob Levy. Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, I hope you'll tell your friends. It's a great way to support our advertisers. And uh, without them, we wouldn't have a show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.